Halloween isn't a day. It isn't people. It isn't an idea. Halloween is whenever there are new monster cereals to discuss, to consume, to review, to talk about. Halloween is a cereal. And it doesn't have to dress up in a costume. And it should still be made of oats. Even though it isn't. Halloween is a cereal. Hello, welcome to The Empty Bowl. A meditative podcast about cereal. My name is Justin McElroy and I am a cereal enthusiast. My name is Dan Goubert and I am your trusted cereal informant. Dan, I I feel like we've been building to this for quite some time, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It feels that way. We're going to wait because... It's it's a big one, folks, and you've probably already gathered. But we're gonna we're gonna wait. We're gonna keep you in some modicum of well, we don't really do suspense in this program, but you get the <laughs> idea. Uh, whatever the calm version of suspense is, this is the Empty Bowl. It's a podcast about cereal and uh, our relationship to it. We ask if if you're able to that you take the next half hour or so and just sort of shut the rest of the world out and think about cereal. Give yourself a break, a mental vacation. To just consider cereal. Maybe you're drifting off to bed, in which case, uh, thank you. That's an honor. You know, I hope it's a good one. Make sure to brush your teeth and stuff, moisturize <laughs> the whole bit, <laughs> and run through the checklist. But first, uh, while you while you prepare for your your uh, your trip to to Dreamland, to the land of Nod, let's see what's happening in the world of cereal. So we've got two new cereal-flavored popcorns that just came mm. out. Uh, mm. These are currently exclusive to Sam's Club, though I'm told that they will be coming to major retailers at a later date. But these are Cinnamon Toast Crunch popcorn as well as Cocoa Puffs popcorn. Mm. Uh, and let me just say right now before anything else that I think it's a funny inversion to take Cocoa Puffs, which is a corn puff cereal, and translate it into sort of literal puffed corn. Mm-hmm. But that said, uh, I have a feeling these will probably be pretty good. I mean, there was Cap'n Crunch's Crunchberry Popcorn that came out last year and was really a surprise hit in my book. Mm-hmm. It was just a great mix of salty and sweet berry flavors. But, you know, outside of that, I don't really have much experience with sweet popcorns. Mm. I don't I don't know about you, but, like, I see these all the time. Like, have you tried any of those cookies and cream popcorns or the sugar cookie popcorns that come I out? Only, sometimes I can get into them if it's, like, there's some of the candy bar popcorn that has, like, some chunks of the candy in it. Uh, that I can sometimes get into. Um, but other than that, that's that's about all I, all I do. The only kind of thing like that I really like is, like, the... Uh, confetti or rainbow colored popcorn you know what i mean with all the different fruit flavors um sort of ensconced on the outside of it to these like <laughs> crunchy little sugary guys i like those but that's that's about it yeah i mean with something like cinnamon kind of cinnamon works anywhere really as far as i've seen chocolate might be a little bit different like you see in cocoa puffs that the corn base kind of doesn't always meld the best with the chocolate flavor but hey i've heard that Putting M&Ms in popcorn is really good and a, and a cult favorite thing. So here's hoping that these will 
These will do us right, like the Cappens did. Hmm. Uh, and we've got some new, uh, some new cereals from Off Limits as well. One of our, I feel like that was very early in the history of Empty Bowl that we talked about Off Limits. Well, probably not, because this this news comes on the heels of their one year anniversary. Oh, okay, so, so about a year. We must have first talked about it last year. Uh, but yeah, Off Limits is an indie independent cereal maker, and they are doubling their lineup to celebrate their first anniversary with two new flavors, Strawberry Spark and Cinnamon Flex, uh, which will join their original lineup of Vanilla Pandan, Zombie, as well as Chocolate Coffee Dash. Uh, and I really like Off Limits personally just because Me I really too. love these cereal startups in general. Like anyone who's willing to take on the big four breakfast juggernauts really have my heart. And that's really how Off Limits brands themselves as a sort of like countercultural cereal company for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Like they made a point to improve the gender diversity of cereal mascots. They partner with independent artists. And they brought back this idea of cereal prizes by letting you redeem proofs of purchase online for things like spray paint and keychains, etc. So um, cool. So what's, what's especially cool about this new release is that you can try all four flavors in one birthday pack from their website. Um, so this is probably your best chance to really dive into it. Uh, you know, these are more expensive than your run of the General Mill cereal. But you you get the heartwarming knowledge of knowing that you're supporting a small business, Mm -hmm. knowing that it is good cereal. Uh, Plus, you'll be able to get some of those prizes. And in the case of this birthday pack, especially, you will get a special packet of edible cereal glitter that turns milk blue. Um, And I think cereal glitter as an invention is very versatile and could be used, I don't know, in ice cream, in milkshakes, in cheesecakes. Uh, it just reminds me of the, the Christmas Cap'n Crunch long ago that included that sort of sparkly icing. And now I just want all my cereal to be interactive in some way, like a toaster strudel. Uh, yeah, I, every cereal should come with an activity. You know? If not, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to see this. I, I liked uh, Dash I was okay on. Or, sorry, Zombie I was okay on. Dash I really liked a lot. It was like a coffee flavored cereal it was pretty intense yeah there was a good amount of caffeine in that too yeah. so it's functional as well as flavor functional talk about activities now, now, now your cereal is getting you hyped up too uh we got one more little nugget of news here so this one comes from south of the border it is rare to hear of an international exclusive cereal that is not on american shelves and this one Uh, is especially, you know, making me a little bit jealous because in Mexico, Krispy Kreme is launching a cereal based on their original glazed donuts themselves. So there have been a lot of donut cereals over the years. Uh, I did a little head count and counted 19 or so, uh, and a lot of them are really good, like the the powdered donuts we both loved. Uh, Yeah, the the pink pink donut. donut. Yeah, nailed it. Oh, as well as the oversized uh, Donut Mart cereal that I once imported from Japan. Um, but, you know, there have been bad Donut cereals. I'm specifically thinking of an abysmal one that is the Maple Bacon Donut cereal. Um, yeah, I wasn't crazy about that. But only recently, it seems like, have major Donut makers or Donut masons, whatever you would call them, uh, only recently have they, they gotten to the game and really embraced this 
you know, pretty clear fact that cereal rings look a lot like donuts. Uh, sure, there was a Dunkin' Donuts cereal back in the 80s, and then radio silence for decades until last year, when Dunkin' came back with new cereals, the caramel macchiato, mocha latte, even though it's not really a donut cereal, but you know, donuttery inspired. Um, Timbits debuted their Timbit cereals, and mm-hmm. now we got Krispy Kreme as well, so... It's funny that there has been an exclusive donut cereal in Canada, the U.S., and Mexico now with these uh, Mexico-exclusive Kellogg's Krispy Kreme cereal. And, you know, there's not a lot of info about it out there. I only found a reference to it on Sam's Club of Mexico's website. Weird. Which is which is weird, yeah. Why is Sam's Club all of a sudden this gated Eden of cereal specialties? <laughs> uh, but I digress. We'll, we'll see whether this one uh, comes to American shelves as well, but... I'll never say no to a Krispy Kreme donut in general, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm here's hoping. All right, Dan. Dan, we've waited long enough. We've been working in the lab late one night. <laughs> and uh, my eyes beheld an eerie sight. It's your review of MASH. Your review of Monster MASH. <laughs> So, yeah, the most hotly anticipated cereal of 2021 has landed. Yeah. Uh, I, I say hotly anticipated because in my experience tweeting about new cereals, there seems to be like a hard ceiling to how many people will care enough about like a new Toast Crunch or Lucky Charms to interact with the post. Mm-hmm. But the monster cereals seem to have this huge cult of personality, uh, especially Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy um, amongst the sort of nostalgia-holics over on Twitter. And so many people are glad to see them back with Monster Mash cereal, which is, you know, we've hyped it up several times ever since uh, the news of it first came out. But this is a 50th anniversary reunion of all the Monster cereals because uh, Count Chocula and Frankenberry debuted in 1971. Boo Berry appeared on the scene a year later. Fruit Brute howled onto shelves in 1974 with Yummy Mummy wrapping up the Monster cereal crew in 1988. Um, uh, back in 2013, actually, General Mills did bring back Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy in their own independent cereal form. That was a huge year. Uh, but now they are coming back again, this time all in one cereal. Uh, that is the proverbial Monster Mash cereal itself. Um, and I'm looking at a box of it in front of me right now. And I know we talked about the box art last time, but it is truly stunning. I mean, the image that you sent me, even just the image, it's beautiful. I mean, the thing's beautiful. This is a work. This is a work of art. Yeah, this is worth tucking into your bed next to you at night. This is worth nailing to your wall and framing. <laughs> this is worth taking to your grave, into your your monster mash mausoleum. Even <laughs> <laughs> the the caveat here is that this isn't the five in one perfect cereal mashup that it might sound like. Rather, each of the five monster cereals contributes something different here. Uh, in the cereal itself, we've got crunchy ghost pieces from Frankenberry and Booberry. We've got swirled ghost and bat marbits from The Count. Uh, and then orange and yellow monster head marbits from Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy, respectively. Okay. Uh, so what this means is that, you know, besides being an aesthetically pleasing cereal, it kind of just tastes like Booberry. <laughs> really. Uh, okay. Uh, just because Booberry already was like this vague amalgamation of, you know, generic 
indecipherable fruit notes. Mm-hmm. And just by mashing Frankenberry in there, you're not really adding a whole lot of distinction. And the Marbits obviously aren't really individually flavored like anything to begin with. Um, so, you know, I can forgive them for not putting chocolate flavor in there, which might have been a little bit weird, but I'll admit it would have been nice to get some actual citrusy uh, lemon, orange, or perhaps even cherry notes to represent, uh, you know, our fallen monsters of Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy. But ultimately, you know, I don't know if I can really hold a grudge against them, just because, like, you know, people have been wanting to bring the monster cereals back to their oat flour recipe for a long time, myself included. Uh, but at a certain point, you just need to embrace the monster cereals for what they are, which I think are like sort of these five horsemen of the coming Halloween season. Uh, mm-hmm. If you just take them at face value for, for what they are, this is still a, a totally mindlessly munchable cereal, I feel like. You know, pour it pour it in a a goblet or a chalice eat it out of something very thematically appropriate toss some edible cereal glitter in there give it a little bit of extra color i don't know put on some old goosebumps episodes and have yourself a merry halloween time here in uh august i guess or august if you will (laughs) so it's not it's about what you'd expect you'd say it's not like it's not it it tastes like you mixed all the monster cereals together (laughs) Yeah, it's like when you go to like a restaurant or a gas station or something and you mix all the sodas together and it just doesn't. (laughs) It's like, oh, this is sweet. (laughs) This is very sweet. Uh, Yeah, you're really buying it for the spectacle of it. And honestly, I think it's a worthy spectacle. The the sort of gimmick here was supposed to be that the, the monsters would also release their own cover of the Monster Mash and do an original song. But mm-hmm. the the QR code on the back of the box just takes you to monstermashcereal.com, which at least at the time of this recording still only says, you know, coming soon or whatever. So Yeah, maybe just hasn't launched yet. Yeah, a little bit of extra mastering or, or remixing that they had to do to this this hot tune that will blow us away soon. <laughs> Um, so you can't really detect the chocolate at all? Because that was the only one that I was wondering how it, if it blended. You know, it's like, I try eating the Marbits individually to try and see, but it's hard to tell whether that's just like me projecting what I want the Marbits to taste like versus right. what they actually do, which is just like sugar or whatever. So eating an actual bowl of it by the spoonful, you're not going to get any chocolate out of it. Um, well, that... So, uh, worth worth. Now here's a here's the actual question. If this is hard to get, is it worth tracking down a bowl of it, or is it just sort of like, you know, make uh, remember it in your head, like imagine it, visualize it. <laughs> At the moment, it is a bit hard to find. Apparently, people have been mostly getting it from sort of more regional grocery chains, like your uh, your Jewels or your Acme or your dare I say, piggly wigglies of the world. Um, But I actually got a box of this sent to me by, kindly sent to me by Matt of Dinosaur Dracula, who really got an early hookup of this stuff by finding it in his area. So uh, I've heard that it will be coming to a much wider rollout to general supermarkets in the coming months. So I I wouldn't really sweat about trying to find it now. I think you're not really losing anything unless you're the kind of person who needs to really kickstart their Halloween spirit 
uh, months in advance. I think this would be a good a good cereal to buy like right on the cusp of October to really put you over the edge into the great orange and black carnival we call the Halloween season. I did also, though, get the chance to try Monster Mash fruit snacks. Oh, how were those? So <laughs> this is especially funny. It kind of goes along the same realm of this just tasting like blueberry because when Monster Mash fruit snacks were first announced, uh, I really did a color-by-color breakdown to try and discern what the flavor would be because I thought they would be like Scooby-Doo fruit snacks because right. they had all the same colors and everything. But they each one tastes exactly the same. Uh, all the colors it is a bit of a bummer um they're labeled as spooky berry and even after trying it i'm not any closer to figuring out what a spooky berry is actually supposed to taste like it is the most regular berry with fangs it's like a riddle of a fruit flavor where it's just it tastes like every fruit candy that i ever had growing up but also none of them at the same time Mm. um and you know so far i've only seen those available in, at from Sam's Club as well in like boxes of 90 pouches so I would definitely say that those aren't worth the investment at this time unless they come to smaller sizes um, you're better off looking for the retro monster cereal boxes which have also been popping up for Count Chocula, Frankenberry and Booberry mm-hmm. uh, either way you got a lot of options to you know, celebrate the 50th monster cereal anniversary here and they really are going all out in terms of style and uh, hype Nice. Okay, excellent. Now we, uh, I'm looking here, Dan. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember which of us suggested this. Uh, which we asked our listeners, which is you, our listener, uh, what historical figure you would most like to eat cereal with. Um, so we have your answers that you so kindly <laughs> supplied to us. As to which, this sounds like, I don't, we don't record this show high, but it does seem like a question we could ask <laughs> if we were high. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's hear your responses. Hello, Dan and Justin. My name is Aurora, and if I were to eat cereal with a historical figure, I think I would choose Freddie Mercury. I'm not sure if he counts as a historical figure, but I'm picking him anyway because he does in my heart. Um, And I think that he is a solid Cocoa Puffs man. Um, Thank you for your time. Hi, Justin and Dan. This is Scott from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. If I could have a bowl of cereal with anybody, I would have a bowl of Tropical Fruit Loops with Jimmy Buffett. And of course, I would have that in coconut milk. Thanks for the podcast. Hey, Dan and Justin. It's Joe from Ohio. I think the historical figure I would want to eat cereal with would be the ancient Greek philosopher Diogenes of Sinope. In his quest for a virtuous life, he gave up all of his possessions except for his bowl, although he gave that up as well later on. He would want some cereal he could really chew on while deep in thought. So Raisin Bran or Oatmeal Squares would be good. Thanks for making such a relaxing podcast. I hope you guys have a chill day. (laughs) 
my gosh. Did you have an answer for this one? Um, Dan, I don't like eating cereal when anybody else is in the room. Honestly, That's a good point. I, the way I approach it, like I literally, if I'm going to have like a late night bowl of cereal, I will wait till my wife has gone to bed <laughs> and like is, is getting ready for bed and then I will eat it. I don't like eating cereal around other people. So maybe a personally. bowl of cereal with your younger self, if anything. Yeah, if anything, we would work that out. Yeah, I don't know if I have a specific answer, but maybe I'd just choose like a medieval peasant or something and give him just the most outrageous cereal imaginable. Like imagine going back to a medieval village with a box of monster mash cereal and how much sheer context you'd have to explain just to get them to understand what it is. <laughs> um, I have a, I have a thought in honor of Monster Mash. What uh, what classic movie monster do you feel like would make a great serial adaptation, and how would you do it? Obviously, we have a good number of uh, monster characters covered with Monster Mash, but uh, there's a whole world of other uh, uh, horror figures out there who could be converted into a serial. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, if you'd like to answer that, you can go to bold.rest. There's a little button there to leave us a message. If you want to plug in a mic and use a computer, that's great. But you can also use a phone, just as long as you keep it, you know, chill. Dan, we have uh, some some emails that have been uh, uh, languishing. Uh, I guess our address is mail at bowl.rest. That sounds right. Um, and uh, let, me, let me pose some of these to you, if that's okay. Please. Justin and Dan. Dan and Justin. I was wondering, with all the merchandising that goes on with cereals, why aren't there more cereals using Santa or snowmen at Christmas time? There are no copyright concerns, so why aren't cereal companies using Santa and snowmen much more than they do? Uh, Alan uh, says, cheers, fellas. Alan. So I'll tell you my theory, and you tell me how it grabs you. Dan. Obviously, some people are doing it, for sure, but the limited time frame in which you have to sell a Christmas themed cereal is I would think shorter than the time frame that you would have to have like a normal box of cereal by which I mean you need to know almost exactly how many boxes of the thing you're going to sell before you manufactured it um, uh, so introducing a new one I think I feel like might be uh, kind of tricky because it's a limited window in which to you know you hit December 27th throw them into the trash I mean <laughs> throw them in the trash they're not going to last true. till next year no one wants to buy them that would be my theory is that it's a tighter window to, to hit that does make sense because with something like a Halloween cereal I feel like people get excited about it a lot earlier and also like even after Halloween there's still the whole month of November to really you know, relish the afterglow of all the jack-o'-lanterns melting on your porch. You and fully can't. Yeah, I fully feel like you could ride a Halloween cereal into like mid-November comfortably. Yeah, but the day after Christmas, it's all over. Call it a day. Done. No way. But you know, my thought here is that I think that Captain Crunch has kind of taken the de facto title of being Serial Santa or the Santa of the cereal world. And no one's really brave enough to fight him for it just because he's been doing it so well with his Christmas crunch mm. consistently for so many years. He's a true innovator in the space. Yeah, incomparable. Uh, though it did make me think that it could be cool if, like, 
There was a Coca-Cola Santa cereal that tasted like those gummy cola bottles or something. I think that would be the only other way I could see it working. Um, otherwise, as for snowmen, it really beats me, I guess, because I don't know if there's just never been a snowman charismatic enough to front a cereal. Uh, I mean, there's Frosty the Snowman, sure, but maybe he could do it. I don't know what I don't know what a snowman cereal would taste like. Snow, carrots. Um, I, pff, I don't. I, mean, I don't think we need another sugary vanilla cereal. I so. feel like it would be like. Have you ever seen? You know, hers does. Um, you know, cheese balls, right in the huge bucket. Mm-hmm. So hers makes a cotton candy ball mm. of in a huge bucket that is just cheese poofs with cotton candy instead of cheese on the outside of them. And I feel like maybe that you could maybe get away with that as like your snowman flavor, like a white cotton candy corn puff type deal. Um, Let's see here. Hi, Dan and Justin. Not sure if you've already dug this up, but according to comments on a, in the eighties.com post, user Lindsay claims that Spider-Man 3 cereal tastes like Smurfberry Crunch. I found a box on eBay for $10. I thought it might be worth a shot. <laughs> I mean, that's such a noble... Thank you, uh, Kristen. That's very kind of you. Um, that's too long. <laughs> that's, that's too... It will taste like dust and anger at this point. They will not. It will not taste good. Yeah, I did think it was a nice thought to bring up just how many taste-alikes there are in the cereal aisle, like over the years, how these formulas can recur sort of spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, there was this random one-off General Mills cereal called Chex Clusters with fruit and oats back in 2015, sorry. And it tasted so much like one of my favorite discontinued cereals called Neopets Islandberry Crunch, Um, a cereal that, incidentally enough... To prove this point, I did once unseal and taste a box of it 11 years after its expiration date, and it did indeed taste like spoiled wine and drywall. Uh, So I guess never meet your childhood heroes, if that's the moral to take away from this. The only one that I've tried that even is like in the... There's two. Wildberry um, Fruit Loops kind of feel like similar um, and also there was a Trolls Rainbow Crunch uh, that that came out with the first film that I actually, I ate like a couple months past where it would have been expired. Um, and it, w- it was not a great experience. But if you're a, a food scientist and you can track down the ingredients for Smurfberry Crunch and you can <laughs> find me a recipe that, that is close, I would really appreciate it. But, you know, at this point, Dan, what's sad is, like, I've eaten so many other bowls of cereal, I don't even know if I'd recognize it anymore. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I remember being very good, and I, I, I like to think if I tasted a very similar cereal, I would know it. But I, I, I'm i not sure I would anymore. Maybe you need to try these spooky berry fruit snacks, because they truly have that sort of timeless quality of something half-remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've got one more quick one, and this is an entry into our ongoing Is It Cereal series. Uh, Sharon asks, quick question, are Teddy Grahams and Milked Down Nutella cereal? And that's a lot going on in just one sentence, so I think we can yeah, break this so one milk's down. Da- milked Down is not an expression I've ever heard in my life, but I do <laughs> think I understand you. Milk mixed with Nutella, right? Like mm-hmm. Nutella milk, basically. Now that's a baffling, like, 
concept to me because I've never really pictured Nutella as something that could blend homogeneously with milk. Uh, with something like peanut butter, I've done it before where you take a little scoop of peanut butter on your spoon and eat it along with your cereal, so you get a little bit of peanut butter in every bite, and it's a good time. Uh, but if you're somehow able to go to the effort of... I mean, let's assume they got like a, a blend tech or something, and they yeah. just like annihilated it. If you're capable of infusing the Nutella into your milk in a successful manner, I think that level of effort alone deserves a hearty stamp of, uh, you know, yes, that's valid here. Um, but yeah. the Teddy Grahams, I think, is what you know throws a little bit of a wrench into the equation because Teddy Grahams are like, in my opinion, the quintessential cereal adjacent snack. Like most people have poured a bowl of Teddy Grahams with milk, right? Yeah, um, it doesn't hold up. I mean. <sighs> And it doesn't hold up. It doesn't work the way you'd want it to, to the extent where they did release a Teddy Graham cereal, which to me, if we're just talking like, you know, Ship of Theseus, (laughs) I don't want to get into semantics, but like if they replaced Teddy Graham's with Teddy Graham's cereal, then I'm not sure Teddy Graham's is cereal. Yeah, that's exactly the thing, is that I don't know if I would want to see a modern-day Teddy Graham cereal, because Teddy Graham's Breakfast Bears came out in the late 80s, and I feel like in the 80s they could get away with basically just, you know, reboxing Teddy Graham's and calling it a cereal. But if there were to be another Teddy Graham cereal today, it might feel like sort of a, a hollow interpretation, you know, because you can't really lose that dense Gramminess that makes Teddy Graham's what they are. So with that said, I think I'm I think I'm gonna call Teddy Grahams a cereal just so that no cereal manufacturers listening get the idea of turning it into one again. I'm I mean honestly, my wife's had a ton and last night I had a bowl of um peanut butter filled pretzels and milk. So you're not wow. gonna if you're looking for judgment, you've coded their own podcast. <laughs> it's not happening here. Did you have to milk down anything to get to that? I point? didn't milk down <laughs> Well, you, you have to understand, Dan, I've only discovered the concept of milking things down about three <laughs> minutes ago. So, oh, this no, podcast is going to change. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other thing. Um, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to uh, uh, support our show, go to bowl.rest. You can pledge a buck, five bucks, ten bucks a month. Whatever you can uh, spare would be amazing. That uh, 50% of that goes to keepseriously.net running. And half goes to a uh, shelter for people experiencing homelessness here in the tri-state area where I live. So thank you for your support. Bold.rest, again, is that address. And I mentioned serialistly.net. If you want the scoop on all the uh, the latest serial news and reviews, sometimes even before you hear it here on our program, then you need to head over to Dan's site. It's beautifully written. It's, it's written so well it was the thing that made me want to do this podcast with him in the first place. <laughs> Low those many years ago. Uh, but you should check it out. Yes, and we'd also like to thank Chris Zabriskie for the opening theme for the show of The Sun, is scheduled to come out tomorrow, Bria Davis for doing our podcast branding, as well as Samuel Rarden for designing our recent empty bowl enamel pin. Excellent. Um, and you can get that at com by the way, if you're, if you're so inclined. Um, thank you for listening, and be sure to join us again uh, for our next episode of Don't Forget to Drink the Milk. I was going to say, don't forget to do the monster mash, but, you know, I guess we're not, I guess we're going off theme here. We're spookily out of sync. (laughs) 